I am investor and publisher at Digest Publishing, Nick Hodge. I am without my friend, partner, investor, and editor of Resource Stock Digest, Mr. Gerardo Del Real. He is off in Central America, um, getting a bit of reprieve with his wife. So you just get me today, and I was struggling to decide what to talk about. I took to the Twitterverse to ask, and I got a couple of inputs there, which I'll, I'll get to at the end. But I thought, um, since I've been recently at a couple of conferences, that um, I would give you the gist of a talk I've been giving, um, which centers around um, where we've gone over the past year or so, and how I framed that to my premium and paying um, readers and subscribers. And then I looked at uh, where we're at in the in the commodity cycle, and uh, of course, where I think we're going. So, you guys know I like the fourth turning, um, and and there's a new iteration of that book out this summer called The Fourth Turning Is Here. And the author Neil Howe is talking about how all too often in the modern West, people fear that you know any outcome not uh, subject to their immediate control must mean that uh, we're heading to a catastrophe, and 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 we see this all the time. Um, and before I get into to, to sort of how that resonates w with investing, um, let me first define the concept of, of time or the various concepts of time. Um, you know, back in the day, uh, hunter gathering before um, we harnessed agriculture and, and it, certainly before we industrialized, things were cyclical, right? We depended on the seasons to, to plant and uh, to sow and, and reap, et cetera. And time was viewed as cyclical, right? We uh, used the stars and things to identify uh, where we were in, in the cycle, the seasonal cycle, and, and also, you know, to, 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 to navigate. And then um, once the advent of, of various religions came along, they sort of, you know, morphed us into linear time, right? The religion has its starting time, Genesis, or whatever that is. Um, and some endpoints, right? In Christianity, it's the apocalypse. So we're marching linearly forward. Um, and, and what people are realizing, certainly what Neil Howe argues, is that, you know, it, humans are cyclical. Um, cyclicality is a, a big part of what we do in our lives and uh, certainly in the seasons, celestially, um, but also in the markets. And so um, you got to take that into account when, when investing in, and making investment decisions that, you know, uh, just because there's some uncertainty lying ahead, you know, it doesn't mean that uh, uh, the Grim Reaper is coming or that, um, you know, there's going to be an Armageddon, um, you know, or that um, you're going to have to shelter in place and um, eat bugs, et cetera. And, and so speaking of eating bugs, um, I was talking over the past year about, you know, all these memes and all these tropes that are out there, right? You know, how dumb the Fed is and how huge the debt is and how much the interest payments are and um, how there's going to be a global reset and the central bank digital currencies. And like I just said, they're going to make us eat bugs. And this morphed into a market narrative a couple of years ago that basically said silver was going to go to the moon and you know, started using this, this line stroke, how can this end well, right? Well, I don't know how it can end well, but I know that when they started telling us that silver was going to go to the moon, I was telling you that it wasn't and that there was going to be no pivot and um, that the dollar was going to remain strong. And you've probably heard me talk about that week in and week out here for the past 18 months. Um, so there's the date that the, to the moon folks joined Twitter 
um, and is a chart of silver and the dollar sits then. And I'm just wondering still, what am I missing uh, if silver is supposed to go to the moon and the dollar is supposed to crash and, and be worthless? Um, I've been talking about this for over a year now, so this is a bit of summary. Um, and I've concluded in, in talks I, I gave last year in, in 2022 that there was going to be no pivot, that the rate and economic cycle was going to take some more time to play out, uh, perhaps another year to the end of this year or early in 2024. And that's exactly what happened. And that the last price is the only price that matters. So I get that there's structural problems. I get that deficits matter eventually. Um, but at the, and the perfect example is like the copper market. Um, I get that there's a structural copper deficit. I get that, you know, there's got to be run, runaway demand as we decarbonize and electrify, build out the grid. Um, and at the same time, I have been saying all year that copper was going to go closer to 350 than $4 because the last price is the only price that matters when you're, you know, heading into a recession and, and then copper is pricing that in for the immediate term cycle as opposed to, you know, the, the super cycle that, that everyone is expecting. And that is going to come. Um, just not yet, because the last price is the only price that matters. And so um, last year, I was ending talks with this chart, uh, chart of the CRB Commodity Index, showing uh, a nice you know, cyclicality there, right? A super cycle beginning in the early 1990s, running until the global financial crisis of, of 2008, um, and then selling all the way down to its baseline where it started that super cycle in 2020, and a new super cycle kicking off. But the issue is um, this is where we are now because uh, you had a nice pullback in the uh, 1990s as we headed into the dot-com crash that, you know, brought the the super cycle, the Nashian super cycle at the time, um, you know, all the way back to where it started in 1994. And then it took off for the next um, 10 years like a bat out of hell. I think you're going to get a pullback like this, which is what I've been saying um, due to... Uh, a recession that's going to uh, materialize here and you're going to get a pullback in commodity prices that um, you should be taking advantage of because then they're going to get their next leg up i mean, a super cycle that we're already in and now i'm making jokes because if only there were a sign for that um and and so here's an updated chart it's a bit more um it's more recent obviously and uh it the lines are uh, a bit more congruent here so you'll see that in 2020 the the commodity prices um, got ahead of themselves, essentially. You'll remember how fast, um, you know, lumber prices and aluminum prices and things were going up. And uh, we were at 9% inflation last June, and then commodity prices uh, were going up significantly. Well, they got ahead of themselves, and, and now they're pulling back in 2023 as we head into 24, similar to that pullback you got in, in 1998. Um, and I think we're, you know... It, heading into a place where um, growth is relatively subdued. That's the axis here. Um, and in inflation is, is stuck high. So this is a quad map from Hedgeye. They break things down into four quads. Um, growth accelerating as inflation uh, decelerates. Growth accelerating as inflation accelerates. Quad two, quad three is growth slowing as inflation decelerates. Excuse me. Quad four, growth slowing as inflation decelerates. And quad three, uh, growth slowing as inflation accelerates. And you can see um, on this line here, hopefully you can see my mouse, um, that growth, U.S. growth, is not going to be positive for the next couple of quarters. Um, and inflation is 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 going to be stuck sort of um, 
sticky highs. So uh, we're in this place in between um, slowing growth and inflation decelerating and then slowing growth and inflation accelerating. And it's uh, perfect for actually this week because, you know, yet there was the Walmart CEO out this week saying, um, or last week, by the time you see this, that, um, you know, deflation could happen to food prices this holiday season. And then Kathy Wood was out saying deflation is a greater risk right now than um, inflation. And, and it's just because you've had this pullback in inflation, but still at, at 3.2%, it's 60% higher than the Fed's 2% um, inflation target. So it, yeah, prices have come down, but they're still it, inflating at a rate of of, of, of 3.2%. So um, I guess no prices haven't come down. They're just inflating less fast, right? But they're still inflating it at 3.2%. So anyway, the point of this slide is uh, we're either in, 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 in stagflation or, um, you know, uh, outright, uh, recessionary, uh, environment here for, uh, the next three quarters, it looks like. Um, and what has that meant for, um, resource stocks, particularly the TSXV, um, you know, what are they pricing in? Oh, they're, they're pricing in the, the recessionary slowdown that, that, that I see coming and that, that I still believe is going to materialize. And uh, you'll see here that the, the TSX venture exchange is in worse shape than it was in, in 2008. Um, according to, to, to this chart, which shows, you know, the value of the entire exchange, you're approaching the, the COVID 2020 crash load. So, um, you know, resource stock sentiment has been out the window uh, and price has been out the, the window as well. And so what's the outlook? It's uh, two to three quarters of uh, continued slow growth and above target inflation. So uh, the above target inflation is important because, you know, Jerome continues to say that 2% is his target and he leaves the door open to um, certainly leaving rates higher for longer, but also to to a potential additional increase in rates, right? He's committed to getting this inflation rate down to 2%, so there's not going to be a pivot, um, at least from where I sit, in the coming quarters. It's ultimately going to be a labor market that, that forces the Fed's hand. I don't believe that happens until the second half of 2024. Um, you had a, a soft jobs report that we talked about on this podcast recently in, in October, um, and that's sort of what has led to this recent, you know, talking of, um, Fed's going to cut and, you know, the stock market, to to, to, to reverse the sell-off that was, it was having and, and in the, in October put in, um, one of his best weeks in, in the past several months, because, um, there was a, a frankly shitty jobs report that came out and, um, investors took that as a catalyst to, or at least took it to mean that the, the Fed was going to cut rates. So. Um, I don't believe that's the case. As I talked about on this podcast a couple of weeks ago, that was a one-off event. Um, the labor market is is still going to hang in there, and it's likely <clears throat> not going to break down until the recession comes, um, and you know small small business profits contract. So that, that that's not until last year. Um, for me, that's what will make the Fed, if it hasn't reached its two percent target yet, which I don't believe it's going to do. That's what will make the Fed abandon to, is to save the job market. And so I've been in a lot of cash. Both on the macro safe side of things, you know, long-term capital, safe capital, and on the speculative, more risky side of things, um, uh, I have a lot of cash. Uh, I have a fair amount of gold, not bullion, you know, uh, trust gold uh, that I hold uh, in a, in a stock portfolio. Um, 
And I'm in really no hurry to to deploy that cash. I think you're going to get a nice uh, pullback in, in commodity and stock prices here over the uh, coming months. And, and particularly in the resource market, I think you should use that time to hunt for trophies. Um, you know, uh, companies uh, have some credentials here. What is a trophy? Companies that can um, easily raise cash or that already have it. Companies that don't have cash or that can't raise it, um, their stocks are being sold down precipitously right um, I just showed you a chart of the, the TSXV, um, the lowest it's been except for uh, 2020 crash, COVID crash since, since 2005. And um, even companies with good deposits, with, you know, outlined deposits in the ground, even with, you know, PEAs, preliminary economic assessments or pre-feasibility studies in some cases, even with robust economics, have been sold down if their treasuries um, are low because the the cost of capital is high right now. And I just said I was raising a lot of cash. I have not been writing um, a lot of checks. I'm using this time to go to conferences, to meet with companies, and then to make a very short list of uh, companies where I'll, I'll be deploying that cash. Companies that I view as trophies have catalyst over the next 12 months. Uh, they have serially successful leadership. Um, they're in a safe jurisdiction, uh, and they're not dependent on commodity price. Um, you know, I see a lot of companies out there and, and the bulk of their pitch is, you know, our stock or our company or our asset or a project or whatever will be really great if copper could just get to X, 425 or $5. And it's like, well, that's great, but I'd rather like look for a project that's good at 350 copper or the price that we currently have. So um, you don't have to entertain those optionality plays or the, we need a higher commodity price plays. Um, you need to just be looking at the folks, like I say, that meet all these criterias and um, whose projects are contingent upon uh, the underlying price of the commodity that they're exploring for developing. Um, skip over that because that was from a conference. We won't give you all those free picks. You can go back and pause it if you want to do diligence on some of those names. Um, and then I gave a parked headline warning, right? This goes back to that first slide from the fourth turning uh, about... Um, how if something is out of your control, you immediately think that it's, you know, negative or going to be a crash or uh, must be Armageddon, right? Uh, thinking about linear time. And so uh, this is just a call out I've, I've been making recently about people who prey on that, right? And Zero Hedge is the perfect example. This is a, just a story I pulled from um, back in June talking about how there was a coming monetary shock to the world. It's going to be the, the biggest thing. What does it say here? Um, the biggest upheaval in international finance since 1971, right? It's the depegging of gold and the dollar. Um, and it's taking direct aim at the dollar. And it's going to happen on August 22nd, according to Zero Hedge. Here's a chart of the dollar since August 22nd when that event was supposed to happen. And so, um, you know, avoid these clickbaity headlines just because there's, you know, negative sentiment out there or, you know, we're heading into recession doesn't mean that, you know, we're going to be eating bugs next week and they're going to issue a CBDC and the dollar is going to crash. Like deal with what's in front of you. Uh, realize that, that things are cyclical. Um, you know, realize it's never as bad as it seems. And, um, you know, always realize that just because you can't control it or you don't understand it, that doesn't mean that, that it's the end of the world. So uh, I'll stop there with the slides and, and I'll talk just for a second about, um, a couple of questions that came in via Twitter. So I want to some Peter Spina, who um, is with GoldSeek. He's a colleague of mine I see around the, from time to time at conferences. And he was basically asking about financing sentiment in the gold space. If I thought, you know, companies would be able to raise money 
and next year. You know, I think quality companies can always raise money, right? Um, um, that's what I was t talking about in the, the slide a couple of bullets ago, right? Look for companies that either have cash or the ability to raise it. So, um, and I said, I haven't written a lot of checks recently, but, um, I did write one in the, in the past, well, I've written two in the past three months, one to a lithium deal and, um, one to a gold deal. So, uh, revival gold, which has, um, over 4 million ounces in the ground is at the PFS stage, at least for the heat leach portion of the project. Uh, the Bear Track Arnett project that they have in, in Idaho, which is the largest past producing mine, has infrastructure on site, uh, has the ADR plant, has the leach ponds, um, and, and some remediated pads. And uh, there's some gold still in some of those pads that, that could be leached. And, and, and yet the stock has been sold down because it had to raise money. It's raising money now. Um, I wrote a check and I think they'll be able to, to, to raise that money. Um, second is I believe gold goes higher. So uh, what you've had is a crisis of confidence, right? Um, certainly in, in those of us who participate in the precious markets, precious metals markets, and, and also definitely in, in the generalist investors who haven't come into the sector yet. And why is that? Well, um, despite gold's, you know, relative strength being near $2,000, despite, uh, the strong dollar, which I was just talking about, despite interest rates, um, having gone up. Um, significantly over the past uh, two years, um, gold is gold has held its own, but it hasn't broken through two thousand dollars, right? So it's knocked on the door a couple of times. What I think happens is you you do get that you know gold metal price bull market um, uh, breaking through at two thousand dollars an ounce in in twenty twenty four, and I think that's a big psychological catalyst, not just for those of us, again, who are interested in the market and, 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 and participate in it routinely, but for those watching from the outside, um, we, you know, it, and it'll be also a catalyst for, I think for people to write checks into gold deals. So, you know, looking into my crystal ball, I do think 2024 will be a, an easier environment for capital raising, um, as opposed to this year and, and, and likely a result of, um, higher, gold prices another question that came in was uh, there was a couple a couple of tickers people asked me about and then um, someone was asking um are there any commodities i'm looking at that are you know out of favor uh, <clears throat> it, it's an interesting question you know it, i don't necessarily go looking for commodities that are out of favor but um i look at ones that you know, have good supply demand fundamentals and um also where I can find good projects. So um, I'll tie together two of the comments that came in and, and then I'll wrap this up because uh, it's late. You might be able to see that it's dark in here. I got my little ring light and um, see late at the office. It's like 6.30 PM and it gets pretty dark early in the uh, Pacific Northwest this time of year. So anyway, trying to get home to my kids in a second. But the question was about um, the commodities that, that I'm looking at, perhaps um, undervalued or, or hated or beaten down or whatever. And that uh, there's a question about Bravo Mining, so I'll tie it together and, and, and say that not a lot of people talk about platinum or PGMs. Um, certainly not, you know, when you find them in, in polymetallic deposits that have gold and, and nickel and, and, and maybe some copper as well. Um, and so Bravo Mining is, is a company that has a deposit like that. Um, it's a company we financed at, at 50 cents US and um, that ran into, gosh, over three dollars, I think four dollars Canadian after it listed. Let me get it right. 
Um, oh, to five dollars, to five dollars and twenty four cents a couple of months ago, and has since sold off to two eighty. Um, we're still up significantly from the, the fifty cents we financed it at. Um, it's got a very robust PGM deposit in Brazil that does have um, semi massive uh, nickel sulfide mineralization. It has rhodium, uh, has gold, and, and has a little bit of copper as well. Um, they're on a very robust uh, phase one and, and phase two drill program with with multiple rigs turning, uh, has several million ounce resource already, um, and has only been drilled out to like 150 meters depth. And that was done by Vale historically. So um, the company is working to update Vale's assays, which didn't include nickel and, and rhodium in some cases, um, and are finding higher values as they, as they reassay some of uh, those old cores. And they're also drilling uh, deeper beneath uh, 150 meters down to, to 300 meters. And they've already shown that the, the mineralization continues to 300 meters. So uh, just for simple math, likely twice as big as, it, as it's already known to be. Um, and there's a very long multi-kilometer uh, strike length that they still have to explore. So this thing could get much bigger. Um, they had some board troubles. Um, stock is pulled back, like, you know, not immune to, 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 to global macro headwinds and the TSXV that I said was um, at multi-year lows. So there's that going on and they had a board shake up. Um, and then they, uh, have just paused a little bit of promotional activities. They, they were doing a good job of, of telling their story and getting out there and going to conferences and amid the, um, board shake up that has waned a little bit, but, um, the company is, is, is structurally fine, is, is well financed. Um, they, continues to drill and and we'll get back to, to putting out news here in a short order so just answering a couple of questions there one uh pgm is worth a look um, more than palladium uh in my opinion um and just a little update there on on bravo which um i haven't sold a share of uh, continue to own and continue to recommend it in my speculative newsletter so not sure how long I've been going for, but uh, it's obviously harder here without my partner, who um, some people say does most of the talking, although I feel like I've been holding my own in the, in the past couple of episodes. Um, please do, if you uh, like these episodes, uh, subscribe to the Bizarro World channel, um, like this video, uh, comment, and and then use that comment section to ask us questions. Um, and if you're interested in the, the content that we put out, do check out a Daily Profit Cycle which has free editorials every day about the stock market and um, check out resource stock digest as a, as a, as a sponsorship site where companies use it as a platform to uh, tell their stories and we, we sort of help guide them as they, as they do that. Uh, certainly Gerardo does senior, um, not just softball questions either. So some good resources that we put out there. Um, and I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, encourage you to sign up for the current, um, crypto a million dollar crypto club that uh, we're offering which is a free resource especially as bitcoin goes up to 35 or, or thirty-seven thousand dollars. so i uh, will put a link in the description on youtube for that and uh, also in the article on daily profit cycle when we publish it and um i believe with that i'm going to wrap it up let me just make sure i know what episode 245th episode of investing in bizarro world we'll see you back here next week uh along with jordan i'm nick hodge signing off for now see ya hey there you independent-minded investor if you like this video make sure to tell us so by clicking the like button below 
subscribe to our channel so you never miss another one, and share it with everyone you know on social media. You can also click the link in the description below to check out more information-packed videos just like this one. Thanks for watching.